0: Welcome to Caffeinated Living, a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. My name is Kyle.
1: And I'm Rob.
0: And we are glad that you're
1: back with us for episode nine.
0: Yeah. After
1: taking a week off, enjoying
0: Labor Day. Not Memorial Day. (laughs) I I kept calling it Memorial Day and Rob was like, no, it's actually Labor Day. I always get those two It's Labor Day. So, yeah. We're back. How was your Labor Day? Uh, it was good. We we took the family on the traditional apple picking. Uh, there's this place up about 30 minutes from our house, and we went to go pick some apples. I'm not an apple person, but you know what I am? An apple cider donut person, and they have those too. Or are you an apple slushy person? I, I, I do like the apple slushy, apple cider slushy, but I didn't or you, get that. Are you an apple pie person? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm just not going to just pick up an apple and just go... <laughs> Yeah, but how was your Memorial Day? It was good. Did I say Memorial Day again? Yes, you did. You how said was Memorial your, Day. But how was that your was Labor okay. Day? How was your Labor Labor Day? It was good.
1: Uh, stayed home, did absolutely nothing.
0: Mm, that sounds good. And then
1: went and had a cookout with the family that evening, so it was good.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but no, one thing that I am excited about us recording today, uh, that we can update <laughs> all of our followers next week. Uh, tonight, as yeah. we are recording this, tonight is our first official kickball game.
0: That's right. The so, One Kick Wonders. The One
1: Kick Wonders. So we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, We've had two practices since We then. have, man.
0: We are like ahead of the game. We're, we're I ready wonder, to go. I wonder if anybody else has practiced. You think? I mean, are we that intense about it? I can say this. Okay. I feel a little overprepared. What? No, it's impossible to be overcome. So,
1: one of our teammates, we went and picked our shirts up today, our jerseys. And we're that team, by the way.
0: We are. We've got jerseys. It it, it
1: doesn't say that jerseys are required, it just says matching shirts. We even got numbers on the back. We do. (laughs) So, anyway, as I was picking it up, there was a lady there that she's on one of the Wednesday kickball leagues.
0: Okay. We're on the Thursday.
1: We're on the Thursday. And so they've already had two games. Mm. She's like, oh, it's so much fun. She goes, but there are some of those people who are a little intense. So I was like, so what are some of the rules? They're like, it depends on which referee you get because they don't know any rules. And they're just like, it's like, okay. (laughs)
0: That's going to be fun.
1: She's like, so if you're that person that you get like, really into it you're like that you know i'm like oh gosh this is not going to end well for anybody my whole team is going to get kicked out because that is every one of our personalities is like
2: yeah.
1: go big go home so yes we we will we hey, were- tell them
0: tell them who we're playing in our first game tonight what's the team name that we're playing isn't it the night uh the sinners or something like the average sinners the average sinners yes well i mean
1: it's not it's not a church church league right yeah, yeah it's it's open league so you're going to expect some of that
0: yeah it's going to be it's going to be fun man we did find out one of the Which, rules to get people out you can hit people with the ball you can throw the ball at them below the shoulder so um, yeah it's, it's, we'll update you next week to let you know how our first it, game went
1: especially when you have a bunch of grown men and women out here playing a third grade kickball game man this this is like going to be great but no that is not what our episode is about today so today we're going to just kind of dissect yeah the, this thought of what is family ministry what mm. is parent ministry That's right and how does it Relate to student ministry. That's right. What should it look like? How should we do
0: it? So, yeah, we're just going to start off with that right off the cuff. Yeah, I mean, this episode today isn't, you know, usually when we do episodes, we have done tons of research or we at least have some sort of outline. So, today it's going to be more of just a conversation, just back and forth, just talking, just chatting. And we are talking about family ministry and parent ministry. So, if you are a pastor, I hope this episode is helpful for you to kind of evaluate, not that we've got it all figured out and that we're doing it perfectly by any means, but just thinking because, you know, you and I, we have both, we've known each other for how many years now? A Um, long time. Yeah, a long time. And I think our, our mindsets, even in that time, has shifted to, we're youth pastors, we do it this way. It's shifted to, you know what? We are family pastors. Not just as the title as family pastors, but we want to be ministering to the whole family. And that goes from parents to babies. Yeah. You know, everything in between because it's important to us. It's something that we want to see everybody in between being reached through family ministry. So I hope you find it interesting today if you're a pastor, if you're a parent, I hope you're able to see what are some practical things to reach my teenager who doesn't want to talk to me. They just want to stay in their room. If you're just an everyday listener or a student, I hope you find this interesting as well because I believe, and I don't know if you would agree with this, there's a direct correlation how you respond to mom and dad and how you're responding to your father as your savior Um, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you agree with that, but I believe there's a direct correlation between the two. But I can't remember what the study is, Rob. It might be the Barna Group that says this, um, but the number one person in in a child or teenager's life that they are able to hear about Jesus from or that impacts them the most, what person do you think that is? A parent, but more specifically who? The mom or the dad? I would say the dad. Number one answer is the mom. Number two, you would probably say is dad. No. The number one person that impacts a child or student in their faith is actually a grandparent. And looking at my life, I'm like, yeah. They, They pushed me. They brought me to church more than my parents growing up. I can see that. Number three is dad. But you keep going down... You know, pastors are like the seventh answer on that list. So it just shows Pro- probably below coaches and teachers. Coaches and teachers, Sunday school teachers.
1: But here's here's why I would say a dad. Okay. Spiritually speaking, more times than not, the dad is the hardest one in the family to reach mm-hmm. if if he's an unbeliever. Yeah. Children look up to their fathers, regardless of whether good or bad. Right. All of a sudden, oh, why's dad going to church now? That's
2: right.
1: Why's why dad being involved with the church? Like, if the dad is involved with the church, if the dad has an active, growing faith with Jesus, mm-hmm. the kids, the wife, the family is more prone to follow suit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think you and I heard that before. Is most families that last in the church and their children remain in the church after graduation is because the father is the one that is taking leadership, but not just taking leadership, they're actually responding to the gospel and living it in their homes. So parent ministry is important. And to a child, it's more important for their parents to reach them than you and I. So that's interesting because the term
1: "parent ministry" for mm-hmm. a moment, "family ministry," whichever way we want to call that.
0: Yeah.
1: There's a here's a generational gap right here. Okay. With, with you and I. Mm-hmm. To me, parent ministry, family ministry, is something that we've created here lately. Yeah. I mean,
0: there's certain groups that have done that. I mean, there's a group called Orange and D6, and it's it's become trendy.
1: Yeah, it's like every 10 years or so, we we go through these trendy titles (laughs) of trying to find a way for pastors to, quote-unquote, fit or reach their church. Yeah. But honestly, and I think you have some scripture that you'll, you'll read here in a little bit, and I think it, it definitely will back this up. To me, parent ministry, family ministry is simply discipleship in the home.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I mean, that's, we say, well, we need this, we need discipleship in the church. Well, well if you have that going on in the home, you have discipleship going on in, in mm-hmm. the church. Yeah. It's, you know, so, I, the longest time, I really toyed or struggled with the, with those terms. Like,
0: why are Parent we? Parent ministry.
1: Yeah, like, what are we doing? We're just trying to create new titles.
0: Yeah, and it's almost but, like in church culture, and our titles reflect that too, there's a student ministry, a senior right. adult ministry, a children's ministry. But if we're being honest, all of those, if you're going to break them down to silos, all of those fit under family ministry. Because if we're saying mother is the number one influencer, number two is grandparents, that's senior citizens. That's our seniors who are following and showing and and making it known that Jesus is important to them. And that follows into their grandchildren, too. So, yeah, we do have that problem where we're breaking it off into sections. But it's discipleship. Mm -hmm. It's all the same thing. But I guess from today's perspective, we're saying, parents, your ministry at home, not here, not under the roof of this church, is, is, is a silo, but it is important because it is your ministry. Like, yes, you use us. I want, I want sure. our parents right. to use us. I mean, yeah. it's our job, but it's <laughs> not... Our main job to raise children.
1: And I look at it like this. Some will say this is a little morbid to look at it this way. Okay.
3: God blessed you to have that family. Mm. So you're going to be the main influencer in that
1: family, that relationship. I mean, parents are going to have... Regardless of whether you believe it or not,
3: parents have the most influence in their child's life. Yeah. Now, we look at it and we're like, well, we want to just send my kid to church to learn about Jesus. What are you
1: doing to help them learn about Jesus? By Sometimes, you know, you have those parents that just drop their kids off at church and it's, I'm going to go shopping now. Yeah. I'm going to go to the grocery store.
2: Yeah.
1: How are you being fed and built into so that you can feed and build into your children. That's right. You know? I had,
0: uh, at my last church, um, I had a lot of kids that were brought in by a bus, but also kids that would invite unchurched friends and kids to come often. Um, One of these times where I was just like, dude, something's not right here. Um, It was a Wednesday night. I had two dads. I was like, oh, my goodness. These dads and two dads were dropping off their separate children. I'm like, yes, these two dads are going to drop off their kids and they're going to get into the adult service and they're going to get plugged in. And I was excited. And uh, I welcomed these two two girls and like, welcome to youth group. So glad that you're here. And all of a sudden I see the dads hang around for a couple minutes and then they leave. I go out in the parking lot. Uh, I think I get something out of my car and I hear these two dads uh, just talking back and forth. And uh, one of them asks, all right, so where do you want to go get a drink from tonight? And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, am I a babysitter? What? But then it was also a moment of clarity thinking, you know what? If these children aren't getting it from home, this is where my job does come to play But we've said it, parents, your role is important. And here's how important it is. And I said we weren't going to come with a bunch of facts tonight. But this is just something that I, I just know because it stuck with me. All right. 936, the number 936. Take that and make it weeks. All right. There are approximately 936 weeks that you will have with your child from birth to high school graduation. Let me make that even more real for a second. All right, 936 weeks. My daughter's three years old. I'm down to like 700 and some weeks that I have until Harper graduates. Let's make that even more real. Like our ministries, youth ministries start at seventh grade. All right, take those marbles, lower it even more. All right, from seventh grade to high school graduation, you only have 312 marbles or 312 weeks left. And I keep saying marbles, but it's because I've used this illustration before where I've put 936 marbles and lowered it. But 312 weeks left from middle school to high school graduation, lower it even more. All right, once they start high school, you've only got 208 weeks left. Seniors, if you're if you're a parent of a senior, they just started their senior year. Here's a a really hard fact. You've got 52 morals left until they graduate. It's tough, it's hard, but it just shows we've gotta make our moments as parents count. Because yes, some, some students, they graduate high school and they just stay at home and you still have that influence. But here's our role and job as parents. Our job as parents, and this is our, our, our goal and our number one wish as youth pastors. Once they leave these doors, once they leave the walls of the church, we want them to thrive. That should be the role of a parent as well. As soon as they leave your roof, they should be wanting and craving more and to know more of who Jesus is.
3: Yes. Do you have that? I'm
1: curious for those who are listening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You said it's "How many weeks? 936
0: 900 from approximately from birth to graduation." So, I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to think in my head. I'm I'm, and this is a large number. I can't calculate this.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: trying to think how how you would calculate that if we were to put that in hours. Mm.
0: Yeah, there's this but, app. There's actually, there's this app that I have. I think Orange put it out, but it's awesome parent, parent uh, ministry thing that you can use, uh, but it makes it real. It's called Parent Q. So if you're listening to this uh, after the podcast, go download this app and you can plug in your child when they were born, put their picture on there. And it also has cool things like questions to ask them, uh, but it'll show you how many weeks that you have left. Hours, if you were to break that down to hours, of course it's going to be more. But it just shows you, man, the moments that we have with our children are sure. precious. Yeah. And they matter.
3: That is a good picture. It shows you just how little time you have with your children. Yeah. shows how serious it is. and. There, there is a study that's
1: done, um, because this is what it, it struck me as interesting, that your children will learn the most in their whole entire life between the ages of 10 to 15.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the reason that stood out to me, because with my daughter being 10 this year, she is now at that point in her life that for the next five years is going to be the most influential in her life.
0: Yeah. She can be influenced in a positive?
1: Positive, negative. negative. She could be influenced with all types of information,
0: mm.
1: lack of information. And so kids,
0: kids process information quicker than we did. I mean, there's yes. just so much information out there. I mean, they have computers in their pockets now. Um, but yeah. So
1: if you're listening, what what are some of the things that you have done that has worked in your home? Mm. What's what's some things that you you've done from the stages of life from a, a baby to a toddler to a child to a teenager? Yeah. What what are some of those things that you have done that, that have worked? Or maybe they haven't worked. Leave us a comment. We'd be, I'd be really interested to, to know that so that yeah. I know that we're learning from you as much as y'all are trying to learn from us.
0: Right. I think, and is it okay if I just pull out some scripture here for a second? Sure. Um, some verses that have just changed the way that I, I, I speak and minister to parents. So it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, Deuteronomy 6, it's Moses basically talking to the people of Israel and they're about to go into the promised land and he's giving them words of encouragement, giving them a challenge as a nation. Uh, This is what you should be doing and they're just waiting to go into the promised land and he basically gives them decrees and commands of what God's directed them to do and he basically talks about, you know what, you need to leave a legacy Like our role as parents, Rob, is to (laughs) leave a legacy that it just doesn't die with you and I when we go to the grave. Like we leave a legacy that our children are reaching their children and their children are reaching their children. Um, Like I just did a funeral this Sunday and the man's funeral that I did, I can count on two hands how many people are now either full-time ministers are serving in Sunday school. Two hands, how many people in his own family. Like that's a legacy. Because not only are his children responding from the legacy that he left, but so are their children and their children. Like that's our call and that's what Moses is telling the people in Deuteronomy six. But then he goes and he breaks it down even further. And he says in verse four, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them onto your children. All right, and I'm going to stop there for a second because I, I don't want to be that guy, but the Hebrew for that word impress basically is like this. You think of when you sharpen a knife. What do you do with when you sharpen mm-hmm. a knife?
1: You're, you're, well, you're stroking it. You're going down. Over but
0: and over. It's not just a one-time thing, right? You're impressing them. You're sharpening. You don't want it to become Hope you dull. enjoyed the sound effects. Yeah, if we bring our own sound effects. But impress them on your children. Do it over and over again. How many times as dads do we say something and it goes in one ear and comes out the other? Or as pastors, how many times do we say one thing on a Sunday and then they forget it the next Sunday? It's supposed to be a constant over and over again. And Moses is telling the people, not just parents, impress them onto your children. And then he breaks it down simpler. You're sitting here listening to this. You want to know how you do this? Moses breaks it down pretty simply here. He says, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. It's almost like those are are rhythms that we still follow. Yes, we're not the, the quote unquote, people of Israel that Moses is speaking to. But if we want to impress Christ and leave a legacy on our children, yes, we do it over and over again. But how do we do that? Well, when you sit at home, like what's an example of you sitting at home, Rob, and being able to minister to Gracie? Hmm. What do we do very often? You and I both love to do it.
1: What are you going to say, eat? Yeah.
0: When we're at the (laughs) dinner table. Like, we both love to eat. But think about an opportunity of sitting at the dinner table. And this is something that I think our culture doesn't do very well. Other cultures do much better jobs at it than we do. All right? Our culture today hurries and eats, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we fast food is big in my house. But should it? Like we don't make big deals of meals, but we should because the opportunity we have at the dinner table, not just is to have a conversation of how was your day? Great. Good. Done. But we can have deep conversations like I think of Amish cultures. All right. Yes, I know a little bit about Amish cultures enough to know that mealtime is huge for them because they read scripture. In fact, the Bible is sitting on their table. Their hymnal is sitting on their table. Their basically book of martyrs is sitting on their table. They have those conversations of scripture, of praise, of remembrance, every single meal. That's something that I'm challenged to do. I think of another culture, Jewish cultures. All right. Maybe not every Jewish family does this, but a lot of a mealtime is big. But you know what else is big? We've talked about this before. Rest. In some Jewish families they celebrate something called the Shema. Or the not Shema, that's what we're reading in Deuteronomy 6. (laughs) They celebrate something called a Shabbat. And a Shabbat is a time where Friday nights, work week is over, they celebrate it with rest. And you know how they celebrate it? I love this. With food. (laughs) With food. So what would it look like for you and I, as dads, to come home? Put the phone away. Turn off the TV. You love to cook. I love to cook. We say we're going all out. We're bringing out the steak or if it's pizza, whatever it is, you make a big deal about it. And you sit down and say, the work week is over. Let's rest. How was your week? How are you doing? And Moses is saying here, as you sit at home, as you watch TV, as you get up. All right, and then he goes and he talks about as you walk along the road, right? Yes, we're not walking along the road, but what's one thing we do on the road? We drive. We drive. We sit in a car.
1: We watch the road if we're riding. Yeah. (laughs) Just kind of,
0: But as a parent of a teenager, like this is something use. Because at home, maybe your teenager shuts the door, locks the door, whatever, and they shut themselves off. But as a parent of a teenager, they're trapped until they get their license. Like, you can have open conversations on the road. Yes and no. Okay.
1: At one point, I think that was more true. Whereas I think today's culture, we're a little bit, that's a little bit harder. Yeah. Well, it's one thing that majority of our students have, and they bring it with them, All the time.
0: Their phone and headphones. Headphones have changed the game forever.
1: Number of times, if we go out to
0: eat, I'm amazed
1: at the family that's sitting there, and then here's their child sitting here with the tablet, cell phone, and I have headphones on. Mm. And I'm like, that's not your, you shouldn't be entertaining them
2: 247.
1: Like, You're crippling them more than you're helping them. You know? Every time I see that, I'm just like...
0: Yeah. So think think about practical ways in the car we can reach our kids, even if it's not a conversation. You and I both love music. The things we listen to. Like a moment of honesty. Like I love country music. But sometimes there's a lot of filth in country music. Mm-hmm. I love rap music. Sometimes there's a whole lot of filth in rap music. But a moment of clarity I had, I love, we were listening to a song, I'm not going to say the artist, but it was Body Like a Backroad. And when I heard my daughter singing that, I'm like, whoa. Because the lyrics in there, the, there's no cussing, but it's just like, that's pretty graphic. And she doesn't need to be listening to that. That doesn't need to be going in her ears. Things we listen to, It matters. The music you're listening to matters. Even if you've got a short commute to school, there are things that you can listen to praise and worship. Positive Christian music. I felt like I about gave a a plug for K-Love right there. Positive, (laughs) encouraging K-Love. Yes, no, keep going. But the things you listen to, even podcasts. There are things out there that are made for children and having conversation out there. There's a lot of different things you can listen to. So as you sit in the car, as you go down the road, use that time. Use the time at home. Celebrate meals. Use the time in the car. Also, as you lie down. Lie down. All right. And this is harder with older kids. I get this. But as you have a young child, and this is where I'm at now, probably the time that is most beneficial for me, right before bed, Those Mm -hmm. prayers that are simple yet powerful, letting your children pray, even if it's like, Thank you, God, for the snail I saw today. Right.
1: Yeah. No, you're right.
0: And then as you get up, this is the hardest one for me because I'm not a morning person. I don't know if you're a morning person. My wife's not a morning person. Sometimes those are the most stressful times. What would it look like if we used when we got up? Before we went out the door. Quickly, I'm going to pray this prayer over you as you get on the bus. Whatever. Use those times. But Moses is saying, impress them on your children and do them over and over again. Simple, applicable things that you can do over and over again to leave a legacy. So,
1: yes. Sorry for the dead time there. Uh just trying to process everything.
3: One of the ways I have seen that happen with my relationship with my daughter, she has a unique way of bonding with people. I mean, mm-hmm. she's... Oh, yeah. She's never met a stranger. Um, so those moments that she has
1: with her mom riding to school... You know, her being there with her, talking with her mother about her her classmates, talking with her mother about her day. So those moments with me come in play, especially during soccer season. Um, She wrote me in several seasons ago to be her coach, which was a joke, the thing, anyway, because it's like you're taking somebody who never played soccer, didn't know anything about soccer. But you love it. I don't love soccer. <laughs> I love being out there with her. Okay. There's a difference. Yeah. I, I, I still, to this day, I don't love soccer. I don't dislike it as much as
3: I once did.
2: Mm.
3: Because. Just. During, during those moments,
1: uh, we're able to be in the car together, going to practice, mm-hmm. coming home. She, her, and I've been able to connect, and she's been able to ask me some questions. I'm asking her questions, especially if you don't think your children are paying attention. Mm. They're paying attention. Yeah, they understand a whole lot more than we give
3: them credit for. Mm. So I guess my number one question would be, if you're listening, why keep your kids from being connected in a church?
0: Mm -hmm. Just connected in a church, right? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, why do you keep them from not being connected in a church? Oh, I see what
0: you're saying. Okay.
3: There's so much that happens in life that without a relationship with Christ. Man, I, I I couldn't make it through. Yeah. I could I couldn't be a parent without knowing
1: that my hope was in Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love I love the picture. And and a lot of people if you're listening to this, you'll understand this. Maybe you could even relate to this. I love the picture that I see go around social media sometimes of Here's this family. They're first up and at it. They're all screaming at each other at the house. They're in the car. They're screaming, and the minute they get to church and they walk through the door, oh hi, pastor, how are you? It's like they're all prim proper at that yeah. point. Yeah, you know, like there's some hilarious. There's some funny to that, but there's some seriousness to it. Mm-hmm. So church should be a place that we are able to come and be ourselves.
2: Mm.
1: Now that doesn't mean that I want to see. Some, you know, some members come and dress in their bathrobes and sit in their bunny slippers. I don't, I don't want to see that. I've
0: seen a lot of that with driving <laughs> church.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe driving church. But we shouldn't be afraid to show the church that we're not a perfect family Realness. unit. Because yeah. church is a tool, right? Yes, church is want, a
0: tool. we want parents to use it as a tool. It, we, you should, but it's not everything. It doesn't right. stop when you leave those doors.
1: right. And if you're a parent, I don't have to tell you this. Parenting is hard work. <laughs> yeah. And it, it really is. It is some of the hardest work I believe I've ever done in my life. For I know sure. it's a lot harder than any schoolwork I ever did, so I know that for a yeah. fact. But here's the thing. We have families that struggle. Mm-hmm. They have financial issues. They have marital issues. They have issues because their kids aren't making passing grades. They have issues
3: because their kids are not the top quarterback on the team. or the, All these different things.
1: Maybe their child is being bullied at school. Maybe they're struggling with their kids have anxiety or their kids have anger issues. All these things. And I just want to encourage you that you're not
3: alone in that. Right. No family is perfect. Every family. Sh- I lost my train of thought. Um, we are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. That's right. We all if, have the same goal. Right. It's
0: to see our kids come to the Lord.
1: And I
3: think that's that, that's where I'm going with all my rambling. I apologize, but the moment your kid or your child hears the Holy Spirit and says, you know what? I want to place my faith in Jesus Christ. There is nothing more rewarding to hear your child say those words. Mm. To know
1: that God allowed me to be just a small part of that by the way that they see you interact,
0: the way they see you treat your spouse. That's right. I don't think there's anything in this world that is more rewarding than parenting either. <laughs> like being able to hear your child or see visibly your child wrestling with it, but then accepting it and trusting and, and living for Christ. I can't think of anything more rewarding. I can't think of 50 kickball championships better than that. Like a few Sundays ago, we were still outdoors. We're still doing uh, social distancing. We, we finally had baptism. And it's really cool because we we're not able to do baptism in the church. So we're like, well, what else do we have? We thought about a horse trough or we we thought about whatever. All right. So, you know, what we use the river like old times. We use the river better than a horse trough. The way, way better than a horse trough. So here's the coolest moment. And it's a moment that I immediately put on my bucket list. And I think I've shared this before. Two of our fathers, we reached out to them. Two of their daughters were getting baptized. We asked the dads, hey, dads, do you want to help? Do you want to help baptize your little girl? And I can honestly tell you, like I have goosebumps talking about it. There's nothing better than that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better than seeing this is the start of life change in my child. It's something that I I look forward to. And I pray every single day I can see Harper and Mason come to know the Lord. And that I, like you said, can be a small part in doing that. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything greater. Parents, you matter. God is using you. Allow him to use you. Yes, you are probably frustrated more than you think but allow God to use you in ministering and disciple to your child.
1: And that just brings me one more point, that, or one more thought. This is where my thought and my focus really changed when it comes to parent ministry, family ministry. One of the things I used to love to do was to divide my students up and pray for a certain number of them every single day.
2: It's mm-hmm. good. It's awesome. Good. But
3: what hit me, mm-hmm. and, and this is going to sound not normal, okay?
1: What hit me, the parents are already praying for those students. Hopefully. Hopefully, Lord willing. What about if I redirected my prayers... And just took time during my week to pray for my parents.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: Because there are the, they are the ones to me who are on the front lines. Mm. <laughs> they are the ones that are having to put up with their children. As much as I love their children, I only get to see their children two, maybe three hours a week. Yeah. Maybe longer if you're, you're at camp, some, things like that. <laughs> But they're the ones that are with their children 24-7. Hmm.
3: They see the worst. They see the best. And I'm thinking, you know what? Lord, they're the ones that need the prayer. Yeah. Regardless whether they want to come to me and say, hey, this is
1: what I'm struggling with. I know that we live in a fallen world that no one is perfect. There's only been one perfect person, and he hasn't come back yet. So nothing is perfect. So therefore, they're the ones that my my focus needs to be on on them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's been refreshing to see to have that change. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I'm perfect at doing that every week. Uh, I fall I short sure of that. Were. <laughs> I fall short <sure laughs> of that a lot of times. I thought um, you were the
0: perfect dad, Rob.
1: But I think it's. Not, not just being a perfect dad,
3: but I think it's letting parents know that as much as I love your
1: children, I'm here for you just as much, if not more.
0: Yeah. That's right. You know, it's good stuff, man. We could talk about this all day. Um, I know you've got some resources in front of you, I got some resources. One thing I want to say too is for you to try. If you're if you're a mom or your dad or even a grandparent listening to this, one thing I encourage all my parents to do or to try, pray with your kids. Like there's a difference in praying for them and praying with them, because one they're able to see action and see it lived out. Um, I had a dad one time that I challenged him to do this every day that he dropped his son off to school. The first day he did this, his his son literally said, "Dad, are you okay?" <laughs> And he was a middle schooler. He said, Dad, are you okay? Because he thought something was wrong because it felt weird. It felt awkward. And it felt awkward and weird to this dad and this child for like two weeks. He stopped doing it or he forgot to do it one day. And it says, Dad, aren't you going to pray? I'll do it. He prayed. So, yeah, I challenge you to pray with your kids every single day at least once. Find that routine. Find that rhythm. Also, another thing. This will be life-changing and game-changing for your family. Do I do this every single day? No. Do a devotion with your family. Read scripture. Open up the Word. Find just a simple book from Amazon that is a family devotion where you can ask questions. If If you need some of those, I've got some resources. Rob's got some resources. We've talked about the Bible app. There's family devotions you can do on there. Do devotions together as a family. It will change your family forever.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things we'll do, we, we will update on our Facebook and Instagram page. Yeah. We, we will share, like, visual pictures. I'm a visual learner. I, I, I need <laughs> to see the book or I need to see, like, yeah. the—but we'll do that. We, we'll share it because there's some family devotions that we have, we have gone through in the past. So we'll we'll share some of those just for you to to see, oh hey, that that's that that could be useful. Also another thing, why don't we put on there all next week, every day? Okay? Now again, this is going to have to be some accountability here, so you' are going to have to make sure we're doing this. we'll We'll put on there some faith-based questions. okay just, just to ask each day. okay? like you know sounds good what what did you read today or how did you see God move today how did you see God work I mean just something very simple that could be a question of the day type thing with your kids with your kids I
0: like that let's do
1: that we'll be sure to do that but
0: I know, Kyle, you got some resources there too. Yeah, if you're a pastor listening to this today and you're like, man, I want to get on board with this. Uh, I don't want it just to be a movement or something that sticks with me. Like, I want this to be my ministry. And family ministry could because we talked about it's every aspect of the church. If that's you, some things to get plugged into to check up on. Uh, You and I are both big um, supporters of, it's called D6 Ministries. Uh, They've got a lot of great resources. They have curriculum, Sunday school curriculum for for nursery age to uh, elementary age to high school to college. Uh, Great ministry. Another one's Orange. They've they've got a lot of great resources as well. Um, There is a a book that Rob and I both have because it was kind of drilled into us to buy. It's actually from D6. It's uh, called Recalibrate. And it's a new measure for family ministry. If you're a pastor out there, this is the first book that I would buy. It's by Ron Hunter. Uh, awesome resource, so check that out.
1: And then just a couple other sources I have uh, basically are from D6 as well. Uh, it's Connecting Church-, Church and Home. It's a grace-based, grace-based partnership by Tim Kimmel. Uh, th- this has just been a really good resource for myself uh, another one is called A Parent Privilege. Uh, it's by Steve Wright. And then Russell Moore, Oh yeah. The Storm Toss Family. That's good. Uh, it, it's How the Cross Reshapes the Home. And then we, we, we both have this yeah. book sitting here with us. Uh, but Paul David Tripp on parenting, 14 Gospel pr- Principles that Can Radically Change Your Family.
0: Yeah. Anytime that, that I know there's going to be a new parent, this is the first book I buy them.
1: And... Anytime I know Paul David Tripp puts out a new book, I pretty much go and buy it because I just, I love his heart. I love the information he shares with you. I love the wisdom he gives you. So, again, we'll, we'll post some of this on Facebook, Instagram,
0: so you can kind of If you're a visual person or an audio person, um, one of these Bible studies that I've done, and if you want this, I will send it to you. All right, find a way to reach out to us and I'll send you a copy of this. I've got the digital files. It's called Ready to Launch and it's by J.D. Greer and his wife, Veronica. Ready to Launch Jesus-Centered Parenting in a Child-Centered World. And the thing that I love about this is it talks about letting go of your children. And it's not talking about just saying peace out, bye-bye kids, but it's it's launching them out into a world that will either spit them out and chew them up or where they will thrive and showing us how to l- be ready to let them go, be ready to send them out into the world. Great resource as well. If you want that, I'll send that to you. But great discussion today, man. I, I, this is a conversation that I know is near and dear to both of our hearts uh, I, I hope you appreciate it. It's something that we're both very passionate about and uh, something that we try dearly to involve in our ministries.
1: So we will be right back.
0: Interesting draft coming up. Yeah, it's going to be a fun so one. We're,
1: we're keeping it family ministry related, sort of, kind of. So we'll be right back. And welcome back. So the second part of our episode here, uh, since we've been talking about family ministry, we thought, hey, let's do a draft with TV mom and dads.
0: Yeah, our favorite TV mom and dads. They have to have been in a TV show. We were talking about if we were doing movies, one of us would probably pick Darth Vader. He'd either be (laughs) the best dad of all time or the worst, depending on how you look at it.
1: Better than mine. Yeah. My, my, my notable mention, he's not on my list, but my notable and I was going to say Al Bundy, but then I was like, no, that's probably not the best influence <laughs> to have.
0: Man, he or. might be on my list. But we're doing this draft <laughs> style, so we're going to go back and forth. If you've never heard one of our episodes, I pick one, he picks one. I think I start this week, right? Or do you just want to do yes. rock, paper, scissors? No, just go for it. This is going to be an interesting one. So my first pick... Uh, I don't know if you're going to take this or not, but I'm going to take it because he's probably my favorite TV dad. Because he he's kind of a screw up, but he's awesome at the same time. Um, he is Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> Tim Taylor. I love that tool show. Time. You ever watch Home Improvement? Hi, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tim the Toolman Taylor. So, what's I can't? I'm blanking on the guy that plays him. Um, Oh, if you want a sack, I He's you. also in Toy Story. Gosh, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah, Tim Allen's character. I wish they would. They kind of brought back that show, but it, he's instead of sons, he has daughters now. I can't think of what American Dad. Is that what it is? Or? No. No, that, that's a cartoon show. That's something different. That's a cartoon. That is completely different. Yeah, but my first pick, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. What's okay. your second pick, or your first pick?
1: My first pick, uh, I'm going to go with Philip Banks. Philip Banks, who's that? Fresh Prince of the Bel Air. Oh no! See, see, Fresh you, Prince you of you Bel Air.
0: Something else that I was going to call. He was on my list. He would have been my next pick. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Yeah. He's Philip the... Banks. Oh man, Uncle Phil. My probably favorite TV episode of all time is from the Fresh Prince. It's the episode where uh, Will Smith's character, his dad, comes in town, and his dad yes. promises in the world. And his dad doesn't show up, and Will starts crying. He's like, "How come he doesn't want me, man?" And then Uncle yep. Phil just I hugs him. With... I cry every time yes. I watch that episode. Great pick. Would have been my next pick for sure. All in right.
1: Hey, we, we had something in common that we time. We did.
0: We did. All right. My next pick. Um, I don't even know if you watched this show. But uh, I, I'm a kid who grew up in the 90s watching every episode of this. And now it's on Disney Plus, and I even go back and watch this. It, it's from um, Boy Meets World. Okay, All right. Alan Matthews. Uh, I learned so many family-oriented um, lessons from that show. If I could say Mr. Feeney, who is like a dad figure <laughs> in that show, I'd say him. But Alan Matthews, I learned a lot from him. You got to see real realness from a TV show, even though it was a sitcom. I just. That makes sense. I thought he was a good dad.
1: Okay, that's a good one. So I'm pretty sure the rest of ours are probably not going to. I I don't know. I'm going to throw
0: a wild card in there here in a second.
1: So, okay, my next one would be Stephen Keaton from Family Ties. I don't even know that show. Yeah, it was a show back in the 80s that starred Michael J. Fox. Oh, okay. So, oh, I always loved that show. I think I, when, you, when you came up with this idea, I tried to pick dads that actually were impressionable. Okay. Well, no, I mean, because some TV shows make parents out to be, like, the dumbest thing ever.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, Uncle Phil, he's not, he's very well respected. For sure. Stephen Keaton, he was very well-respected. He, he was a dad. He cared about his family, yeah. loved his family. So that's my next pick. So, all right.
0: You're going to laugh at my next pick. Homer Simpson. It, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I don't like the Simpsons. But uh, Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. <laughs> his son is Carl. Uh, he does anything to protect his son. I kind of gave up on this show later, but, man, the earlier episodes – I thought Rick Grimes was pretty awesome. Spoiler alert: I think he dies in the show. I have no idea, uh, but he's the main character of the show *Walking Dead*. So that's my that's my third pick. I know somebody that would be extremely happy over that pick. So uh, is
1: Jenna like *Walking Dead*? Yeah, I'm talking about one of my students. Oh, okay. So, all right. So my next pick, and I kind of did mine least to greatest and just
0: in how I would view them. That makes no sense to me. Anyway. You always draft, like when you draft a toilet paper in our survival one, like it, you just you throw it off. But I love that about
1: you. Hate the player, not the game. <laughs> All right. Carl Winslow from
0: Family Matters. Oh, yes. Another great dad. Another there great show. I love Family Matters. That's the one with Urkel, right? Yes. Did I do that?
1: Yes. Yeah. Urkel. And of course, you know Carl, he's a cop. But that,
0: and, and Urkel his, was his neighbor. Neighbor. Wasn't even his son. But right. yeah.
1: That he absolutely got on his nerves every episode, but I think Urkel got on everybody's nerves. Yeah, so I think there's okay.
0: one one dad that was a great show, but I don't think we're allowed to mention him anymore. Bill Cosby. Oh, Bill Cosby. <laughs> For <laughs> several reasons. Well, he was one that I
1: thought of because I mean that show played a part of my childhood. Yeah, it had a big factor in my childhood, a lot of it. But the more I think about it, Uncle Phil, Carl Winslet, those those guys, those were role models of what I think you a dad should be. Say. I like your list.
0: So, I like your all list right. a lot. Last one. My last pick, and you're gonna laugh at me, but this was actually my there, favorite. There's no way we can have the
1: same one. Mm, I don't there's know. no way. Oh, no, because
0: you said you had. This is my wild card. Okay. This is the yeah. one that is going to throw you off because you're gonna be like, you know that show? You ever watch The Munsters? Mm-hmm. Oh. Herman Munster is my fourth pick. I <laughs> loved that show growing up. Yes, it is in black and white. Yes, he is Frankenstein, basically. But I loved Herman Munsters. And I realize all my list is dads. Nothing against moms, you're awesome. But Herman Munster... Classic, classic pick. If you're younger and you have no idea who that is, still a show that I think is good today. <laughs> so yeah, it's my last pick, Herman Munster. All right, my last pick. This is your favorite. <clears throat> this you said, is my, This will be my favorite. All right. <laughs> you can't you, get it out?
1: I can't because I'm trying to think how to present this. Okay. Um, I didn't go All Dads. I have one mother. Oh, this is your mom. This is my mom, grandmom. Mm. Because you know how grandmoms sometimes hold the family together?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No family would be complete without Mama Harper from Mama's
0: family. Okay. Your wife loves this show, too. Dude, we all love that show. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Oh my gosh. You're, you're, you're missing a class. For a second, I thought you were going to say one of the Golden Girls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thought about it. But then I was like, eh no. Nah. No. Nah, you, you you have to have the Mama Harper in your in your family to keep everybody straight. Make
0: sure you're, you know, going down the right path. I'll take your word for it. I don't know if that's a good pick or not. We'll,
1: I, we'll we'll let the audience decide. How's that? Yeah. So my picks Uncle Phil, Philip Banks, Favorite Stephen Keaton, Carl Winslow
0: and Mama Harper. Mm. Whereas your picks Tim Taylor from Home Improvement. I picked Alan Matthews from Boy Meets World, Rick Grimes. You're probably like, well, why <laughs> him? Fourth pick, Herman Munster from, uh, I just lost it, The Munsters. The Munsters. Yeah. So let us know who had the best uh, TV families. Uh, there's so many more that we could have said. You said Homer Simpson. We, the more I keep thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I mean, so. I threw Al Bundy in there too, so I, I'm not really sure if
1: my my taste of TV has any
0: <laughs> hold, holds any weight in this conversation. And, and, and you're completely right. Like, why do TV shows make dads out to be this doofus? Sometimes, like, that's just. Uh, I think I take that as a challenge as sure. a dad. Like, I'm challenged. I'm not that guy that just is a prototypical guy that sits on the couch and watch football all the time. Sure. I want to be better than that, and I hope you do too. Exactly. So, yes,
1: good episode. So we will update you next week. Um, the, our, our, our famous kickball game tonight. Uh, again, we will post our resources on Facebook and Instagram, so you can
0: see those. What's your score prediction for the kickball game tonight?
1: I, I'm not seeing anything.
0: I'm going to say we win. I, I, we I, win I the know. first game. Don't
1: you, seven to three. Don't you say seven to three? You know, I'm superstitious um, over this stuff. Come on, yeah. man. Seven to
0: three is my prediction. Hopefully, it so, comes true. All right, well, until next time, guys. Keep it caffeinated, friends.